This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Five bucks a month, you'll get bonus episodes, ad free episodes, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. It is so cold outside. It's cold inside. Yes. I normally am wearing a t shirt to record because I run really warm, and I am wearing a long sleeve shirt with a hoodie over it. This nice. is very unusual for me. <laughs> I hate it very much. So. Yay, winter, Yay, Groundhog. Winter. I'm sure the but Groundhog listen, did something. It's February. We're at the beginning of the worst month of the year, but the <laughs> shortest month of the year, and we're almost through daylight savings time. We've made it through the darkest months of the year here in the northern hemisphere. Oh, but All boy, right. oh boy, it's shitty right now. <laughs> I'll start you then with a happy story oh, for thank once. You. Um, this one just made me smile. I don't think this bill's going to pass, but I had a smile on my face while I thought about Ooh, it. I think I know here's, we're here's about. the backdrop to this. Megan Hunt? Uh, we are yeah, talking about girl. our friend, Megan Hunt. I say friend. She doesn't. She, she, Close personal friend of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, She's a fan of ours, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nebraska's legislature, the, it's they don't technically have party affiliations in Nebraska. It's all just a oh. unicameral. We're all in, but you know who the conservatives are. You know who the progressives are. Conservatives in the Nebraska legislature recently proposed a bill mm-hmm. that would make it a crime for children to attend a drag show. And the bill is so poorly defined <laughs> that basically if uh, I'm sorry, let me be clear. The bill says, what's a drag show? What can you be arrested for? Well, any show in which a person exhibits a gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth oh using clothing, makeup or other physical markers and sings, lip syncs, dances, or otherwise performs before an audience for entertainment. This guy hates Twelfth Night so no much. No kidding. This basically... That's a Shakespeare joke, gang. It gets rid of Shakespeare. It uh-huh. gets rid of a lot of theater. Uh-huh. It gets rid of a lot of Broadway, like a little... A lot of Looney Tunes, I <laughs> would say, like yeah, Bugs Bunny is Persona Fudd. Non Grata. Yeah, all that stuff. I think Elmer and Fudd is the one Looney Tune who did not regularly cross dress. <laughs> Way to pull Didn't it. did one time, like, I imagine there had to be a time where Bugs dressed dresses up like a woman for oh, to get Elmer, but then constantly. Elmer, I'm sure, does the same thing. I don't know. I don't think he ever gets a one-up, although he does. The musical. is the kill the wabbit, kill the sure. wabbit. Doesn't he have a little? A little I don't remember matter. that one. Hairspray, really? the musical, Wagner. same deal. Like, drag is a part of the show. It's essential to the storyline. You can perform oh, I didn't it even think at of a hairspray. high school. The hairspray, um, the mother uh, of the main character, is traditionally played by a cis guy in drag. That's yeah. um, John Travolta played her in the movie. Oh, okay. And somebody else famous played her. Harvey anyway. Firestein or yes, something like that? Yes, I think he originated her yeah. on Broadway, but so I So basically, they, why are they doing this? Yeah. Really, they just want to punish any library that hosts drag queen story hours mm. or any businesses that, for whatever reason, have kid-friendly drag shows, which I honestly can't think of any off the top of my mm-hmm. head. But the guy who sponsored the bill, uh, Dave Merman, he said he just wanted to protect children. He said, quote, I think the vast majority of Nebraskans would agree that sexual dancing and enhanced genitals is not appropriate for children to view. Wait for it. Wait for it. Merman said he's never attended a drag show, but he's seen videos on social media. I need to hear a little more about these enhanced genitals. Let me tell you what happens in Hairspray. It's not (laughs) that. It's not sexualized. Is he calling breasts 
the genitalia. Of yeah, I mean, these is that are what the, he thinks? <laughs> no, truly. Are, like, is he saying the emphasis of genitalia? No, I think he's thinking of like, like actual adult drag performances where they're either wearing very little or like doing can you it read on that purpose. Part again, I don't know. Why I'm getting he hung up on this. All drag uh-huh. or something is limited to things that involve sexualized dancing and uh-huh. enhanced genitals. Enhanced yeah. genitals and doesn't this, mean anything. Right? Unless somebody is out there in like a big cod piece, which <laughs> I think the whole thing is to hide it away, but, not highlight it. But the thing is, he's saying this is not appropriate for kids to view. And it's like, there is no vert, like drag queen story hour at a library does not involve sexualized dancing. It does not involve skimpy clothing of yeah. any sort. They're reading a book. That's How do you think it. they feel about like, people dressing up as princesses and going to parties. Is that okay? It's really just the gender it's bending just the gender, of it all? Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. Hmm. It's not happening. And the law is written in such a way that any group that hosts one of these things, whether it's a public library or a school, mm-hmm. they would be fined. They would be the ones that f- face the punishment mm-hmm. if this law were to pass. So enter our friend, uh, who who has many friends because whatever I'm our personal friend our personal friend Megan Hunt mm-hmm. who's a progressive now here's one of the things she has learned through her time in the state senate there passive aggression works <laughs> <laughs> it, one of the things and Ernie Chambers who was in the Nebraska legislature for like forty some years mm. over the course of several terms said like look. When you're a progressive and you're outnumbered by all these conservatives, your bills are not necessarily going to pass, especially on these types of issues. And their bills probably will. But what you can do is you can try to slow them down. Mm -hmm. You can use whatever legislative maneuvers are in the toolbox Mm -hmm. to try to mess with them. It's really using the GOP's playbook. Yeah. I mean, use whatever tools you have to... Mm -hmm mess this all up Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying she only is doing this because he told her to do that or anything like that but that's one of her like superpowers she knows how the legislature works Mm -hmm. so she has filed a motion to just kill the entire bill right it's not gonna go through but it's always option one (laughs) the thing is in nebraska they do have to debate like every single amendment so the more amendments you file the more time you are wasting and who knows what'll happen but one of the things that happened is that, okay, if the motion to kill the bill isn't going anywhere, she filed another amendment that basically says, I'm going to rewrite the entire bill. Let's substitute everything you wrote uh-huh. with the following. <laughs> um, and basically she says, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, if we are interested in protecting children from predators, which that's a great idea. I think we should. Um, let's go after places with a well-documented history of indoctrination in sexual abuse. And where do you find that? Church camps, religious retreats, vacation Bible study, church lock-ins, Christian youth conventions. Mm-hmm. And so she basically filed an amendment that would uh, ban like that would criminalize allowing children under the age of 19 from going to any religious indoctrination camp. Beautiful. It says specifically, no individual under 19 years of age shall be present at a religious indoctrination camp. If you are, or if you knowingly bring a child to one of those, you are guilty of a class one misdemeanor. Jesus. Uh, That would be a $10,000 fine. Now, hilarious. I should say, she knows this. We know this. It's not 
because she thinks it's going to pass. It's in order to make a point that if you care about protecting children, Mm -hmm. we know where where the predators are. But these anti-drag bills, right. they're not about protecting kids. Right. It's about just trashing LGBTQ people, mm-hmm. trans people, people wear drag. There was an outstanding tweet that said something to the effect of, in all of the seasons of To Catch a Predator, it was always <laughs> just random white dudes. It was never a drag queen. Not w- If you spill that wine I just gave you. It's delicious. It's very fancy wine. It's um, pursued by a bear. But yeah, you're right. Like the If you're looking at any list of predators, Editor, you're not finding drag queens mm-hmm. on it, but you like Jessica once sent me like last week sent me a link where a pastor was arrested for oh, being yeah. a predator mm-hmm. of a child, and I think my first reaction is eh, dime a dozen yeah. at this point because those articles come up all the time. Not mm-hmm. every one of them is a I need to alert the world to this because right. they happen so many times. But that's the whole point. Why are we going after drag queens? They're not the threats. Let's go after the real threats. I should say Megan Hunt said she filed the amendment knowing it would not pass. Of course. She's not actually interested in banning religious indoctrination or anything like that. She said, if I thought there was a chance this could pass, I would not have filed it. But what she did is, to me, the equivalent of we've seen anti-abortion bans in some legislatures... And it's like, well, if you're going to regulate like a uterus, well, then I'm going to file a bill that mandates vasectomies or something like that. Um, Why? It's not going to pass, but it's making a point. You think it's foolish for me to try to control your private area and regulate it. Right. But that's exactly what you're doing here. And that's what uh, Senator Hunt is trying to do. So, I mean... Listen, if you're a progressive legislator surrounded by lots of conservatives, what you can do is be a, uh, like, road... A pebble in their shoe. A pebble in their shoe as much as possible. You may not be able to stop them, but you can raise the public's consciousness about all of this. You can use the media to your advantage and say, look, this is a stupid thing they're doing. Let me do what they're doing, but from a different perspective, and you will all notice how dumb it is. Um, will I, it- I, yeah, that's kind of what it all comes down to is like, hey, gang, look what they're trying to do. And they're hoping that you're not going to notice because the reality is it's a bullshit bill. And it is only so people can go back to their red co- counties and be like, oh, we're fighting against the imminent threat of drag queens in Nebraska. We're yeah. so brave. Which, which, to be fair, is where all the drag queens live. Well, it's the middle of the country. So it's just an, a, a logical hub for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And while we're last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. 
Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. On the subject of clever trolling, I feel like this is a good next story. So the Satanic Temple Yay. has Love just, when these boys are in the news. Man, they just launched, uh, they're about to launch Oop. a virtual abortion clinic based in New Mexico. And basically what they're saying is if you give us a call and you're able to pick up abortion pills in New Mexico, because we're not crossing state lines sure. here. Um, or if you can say, I need you to mail it to like a P.O. box in uh, New Mexico as as and state. you can pick it up. And by the way, Oklahoma's next door mm. and Texas is next door. So for some of these people in red states, this is actually a viable option. Mm-hmm. Um, they are staffing this virtual clinic with registered nurses and the sort of people who can write prescriptions for abortion pills. And they will do a screening. They will have a checkup with you over the phone that is uh, over Zoom or whatever it is that is free and is with a registered uh, regulated professional. And they're calling this virtual abortion clinic the Samuel Alito's Mom's Satanic Abortion Clinic. Sam Sack. And why is it named after Sam Alito's mom? Because it she reminds us abortion. all. It reminds us all of what happens is when that women. Too dark, do you think? Well, it shows us what happens when women have a lack of options uh, and how that could hurt everyone else. Oh, that was a better joke than mine. Or at least more tasteful, to be sure. So, I mean, again, love the trolling. I did see some yeah, people complaining great. about this that like this isn't gonna work or something and so i i did talk to them i did talk to the person who's kind of wouldn't work running this thing because i asked them like is this just something anyone can do and they're like no we've been working for a while to jump through the regulatory hoops we need to make sure this is legit and we can launch they're planning to launch on valentine's day um and one of the things they i I asked them like i'm sure other clinics Mm -hmm. in new mexico where it is legal um, I'm sure other clinics are doing telehealth visits and they can mail abortion pills. Like what makes, why are you reinventing the wheel here? Mm-hmm. Why not just say, hey, or, I, as much as I enjoy the trolling, why not just support what like Planned Parenthood is doing or some other clinic? Okay. And they said, well, here's the difference. What we are doing, we are saying out loud, like this is in the paperwork and stuff. We're a faith-based abortion clinic. We are not just the satanic temple that happens to be doing this thing. We're a religious organization doing this thing. We have religious reasons. Like, there's like seven. Like, in the manner of like a Catholic hospital right. or like a Franciscan, whatever. They're specifically, they say, you know, the Satanists have their the Satanic temple, I should say, have yeah. their seven fundamental tenets, mm-hmm. their version of the Ten Commandments. Third tenet is one body's. One's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Like, you can't touch my body. Mm-hmm. Fifth tenet is beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. And both of those okay. tenets are part of what they claim is their medical and surgical abortion ritual. You have to say <laughs> those out loud okay. when you are getting an abortion to complete your faith, you know, checklist, I guess. So their argument is we're opening this up in New Mexico uh, in a blue area. We'll be OK here. Mm-hmm. But the hope is that if we can get this working and we work out the kinks here, it can be a we can Put one state to state. We can look at other states. We can launch in other states. And unlike some of those other organizations, we could say you can't stop us from doing this because we're a faith based clinic. So don't infringe upon our religious liberties. Now, will that work? 
I have no idea. Right. I don't know. They've not had a ton of success in the courts getting this stuff to work. (laughs) But that said, like, I do appreciate that they're calling this stuff out. Mm. Um, One of the things they also pointed out, they're working with a pharmacy in the state of New Mexico. Like, where are they getting these abortion pills from and all that? Uh They're working with a group called Honeybee Health, which is basically one of those we provide medicine uh, generics of a lot of different drugs and stuff. And so all of the prescriptions will go through them. They also don't have to charge you as much because they're not charging you for like the visit to the doctor. So it's only, it's a $90 visit, they said, roughly. Okay. And that includes like the pharmacy's fees. Oh. And whatever, some time and cost stuff. But otherwise, and they're also staffing their clinic with a 24-7 hotline. All of it's funded through donations, they say. And there's no brick-and-mortar location for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's not a lot of uh, overhead costs here. So they can charge a much lower rate than other places. That's amazing. So sounds good. Um, I should say their executive director of campaigns, Aaron Hellion, said if <laughs> this virtual clinic succeeds, they hope to replicate it in other states. She good. said the Satanic Temple hopes to expand operations into other states, including those that do not allow clinicians to perform abortions. This is just the beginning. So Okay. I mean, that's this is going to make a really positive impact on a lot of people's lives. I hope it does. That's great news. And it'll open for real on February 14th on Valentine's Day. If you're interested, uh, tsthealth.org. That's the Satanic Temple Health. TSTHealth.org is the website where you can learn more about what they're trying to do. I'm amused. I would love to hear from anyone listening who works for a clinic or um, because, again, I sometimes see people complaining about this sort of thing online. Mm. But because of the nature of Twitter, it's not a place for nuance necessarily. I don't necessarily know what the problems with this sort of thing could be. But I am curious if anyone has any legit concerns about this or why they would be opposed to this mm. um all other things considered assuming they had like the all the staffers were on board and they knew what they were doing if this works in practice the way they're describing it here i would love to know if anyone has any problems with yeah I, I would really like to to hear more about it hopefully it doesn't run into some weird technical snag that right. that hangs it up this one may be pretty short but it amused the hell out of me um On Thursday morning, whoever runs the Pope Francis Twitter account, Pontifex, um, he was tweeting about like how the fingers of our hands represent really beautiful things. Oh, he got me edibles again. I know. (laughs) That's classic stoner shit. (laughs) One of the tweets, I'm going to read the tweet in in its entirety Mm because he was going like the little finger represents this and the the ring finger is something else. I hate this already. And then wait for it. The third finger, which is higher than the others, Uh reminds us of something essential, honesty. To be honest means not getting entangled in the snares of corruption. To which, of course, everyone and their mother Uh tweeted back, the third finger, you say. Mm. Uh-huh. What are you mm-hmm. doing right now, Jess? I'm flicking you off because it's funny. That's and right. And I'm 12. And it's a podcast. They cannot see you. Listen, visual jokes translate. I am telling <laughs> you, they can hear the amusement with myself but in my voice. The, the responses to that tweet oh, are like, oh, well, gorgeous. that explains why every time I walk past a Catholic church, I give them the finger. It's because <laughs> I appreciate honesty. And I... I want to stop corruption. So everyone, when you walk to a Catholic church, just flip them the bird. You're good. 
I gotta what say, what did he say about the other thingies? I don't know, and I don't care. But uh, I will tell you this: uh-huh. he deleted those tweets really? so fast. Where is Tall cannot, Man? I Where cannot remember. I cannot remember the Pope's account, which you would think when you're Gang. the Pope and you have as many millions and millions of Twitter followers, mm-hmm. like all that shit gets vetted. Like if you're the president yeah. and you're not Trump. Everything goes through like layers of social media sure. people before it gets out there. Because the last thing you'd want to do is say something stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Pope tweeted about the middle finger and everyone's like, That's Dude, just classic comedy, guys. It was great. That's like the teacher accidentally farting in front of the class. <laughs> like, this is just real classic. Parents said something wrong shit and I am delighted. It was glorious. All right, let's talk about the serious stuff right now. I don't. No, nope, you have to. to. That's what we do here on Atheist Podcast Central I don't because you front loaded with happy things. I know because now it's, it's just bleak, all okay? downhill from okay. here. Um, so this is a story from Religion News Service, but it involves like our people, mm. and by our people, um, we're talking atheists, podcasts, all that stuff. Mm. Um, the crux of this particular story is. First, that uh, Andrew Torres, who's an attorney and the co-host of Opening Arguments, a podcast that discusses a lot of legal issues, things like that. Which has been recommended for me for years, and I've never listened. And I know many people who listen to it. I'm sure we've collaborated at times. It's entirely possible. Like, we've been part of that or in the same circles. Yeah. But he's a co-host of that popular atheist podcast and in, again there's not a ton of popular atheist podcasts no. so like when you say where can i go to to listen to mm-hmm. atheists talk about church state separation issues right this is one of the places it's like this in the atheist go. community of austin and that sort of company. yeah you know what i mean <laughs> and um again i've known even though i'm not necessarily a regular listener because i live in this world sure I come across mutual friends all the time and stuff like that. So the first part of the story is that Andrew was also a board member of American Atheists, and um, he uh, he also resigned from that board. Apparently, this happened uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it... According to the email he sent to the American Atheist Board of Directors, you know, as you know, I've been unable to attend various calls. I think the board would better be served by someone with the availability. I don't have time to do this. Yeah. You deserve someone better. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, fine. Like, that is not news. It's not you. It's me. It happens all the time. I mean, I don't care what the internal stuff yeah, is because not my business. And it happens to every board of every organization. Yeah. So he steps down. Here's what was not said in that letter to American Atheists. Um, is that at the same time, uh, apparently, American Atheist was investigating him for an ethics complaint. So my understanding is he did not know. He apparently did not know okay. that there was an ethics complaint. When he stepped down. But the rumors it's just had really been circulating. really cool timing for him. Right, right. Um, according, this is from the Religion News Service article, at the time he resigned, Torres had not been made aware that an ethics complaint had been filed with the board, which means American atheists would be looking into it and trying to make a decision about what to do. But that doesn't, that's for American atheists to deal with. What a Religion News Service, in a second, yeah. Mm. What Religion News Service talked to and figured out was that a number of women over the course of the past, like, five, six years, um, basically... He's friendly with them because they're fans of the show and people reach out. Mm. And he basically used that as an opportunity to flirt hard to the point of, I, 
and very inappropriate stuff. One thing that is not in the article is that one of the women that he had been talking to said he made physical advances as well. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's important to point out there. But one of the women who was involved, I, I'm not going to mention her name on the show because yeah, it's not is, about we that. Don't that. But one of the women on that show who is another podcaster who I have listened to many uh. times and I do have, like, I've t- listened to her voice for a long time. She said they made remote appearances on a podcast. Uh, Torres appeared on her podcast. They stuck up a, uh, struck up a friendship. But their little flirtatious banter got way too far. And she said... Like, she had the screenshot. She had the receipts of where he's, you know, the old joke of, like, hey, you want to have a threesome? Oh, no, I was just testing. I oh, was just, yeah. I just want to know. Oh, it's I'm a just Schrodinger's putting... douchebag. They're joking, <laughs> depending on how you take yes, what they exactly. say. Yes, exactly. There was a lot of that and also very forward come-ons, even after they had said, no, the boundary is here. I am not interested. I said no, and then keeps doing it. And it's one thing when that happens once, but when it happens over and over to multiple women, and then when it happens physically in the case of one woman who said, no, there were physical advances as well. I would well. say it shouldn't even be okay to You're happen right. once. Would no, be that's... my... T- on, okay, I, here's the thing that makes yeah. me fucking crazy. Is it genuinely that hard to be in a position of power and not take advantage of people around you? That is the question I saw floating around everywhere on Facebook Is <laughs> under this, is this story, which is how hard is it to, like, not, not do that? Shutting up is free <laughs> every time. And isn't he married as well? Yes. Which I don't, is really neither here nor there in my whatever, but it just sort of adds on to the layer of uckiness of not only is this man crossing lines with people who should be his peers and colleagues, but he's doing it behind his partner's back, which sucks. One thing I was interested in in this particular story, the the way it was framed in Religion News Service was that that means there are now two American Atheist board members in like the past month Mm. uh, who have resigned over ethical concerns. Mandisa Thomas was the other one. Oh, did she And so uh, she had resigned saying, I want to spend more time with my other group. Mm. Um, But today, actually, as we're recording this, she was also on the board of American Humanist Association, and they announced that she was resigning today. Did we ever get specifics about what she did? I feel like that was always very vague. Did I hear to specifics? Me. The answer is yes. Did I have any like corroborating evidence? Oh, okay. I, so I wasn't going to write about that because sure. I don't have the stuff I would feel comfortable with. Um, like I appreciate rumors, religion news service doing it because they're professionals and they know how to do this stuff the right way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be flying off the or flying from the seat of my pants doing it. I'm Thank like, you. I might miss steps. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But American Humanist Association, they posted something today saying they accepted the resignation of Thomas from the board. Uh, and they just said the board thanks her for her many years of service to the AHA and wishes her best for the future. It has been an honor to work in my capacity as a board member, and may we all continue to advance the cause of humanism, she said. Which is fine, but also you're totally glossing over, like, why is this happening? Which is weird. But I don't necessarily think this is American atheist faults because they're not the one, they don't hire a board. You vote for the board and there's no reason to think there's something wrong with anyone or they're doing anything over the line. I would never think that this reflects on American atheists. I did see that comment online as well. Like, well, what do you expect from this group? It's like, buddy. Yeah, that's that's not not helpful. That's not how it works. Or really anything. Like, we, and we can, 
hold people to a higher standard, even if they fucked up in the past. Yeah. And what I wanted to know is how are they handling this thing? And what it sounds like is, look, we were conducting the investigations. As far as I can tell, there's no reason to... Uh, like condemn the investigation as if it were flawed. But before they ever announced anything, Mm -hmm. the people in question just resigned on their own. So at that point, it's like, all right, well, you're not our problem anymore. That's it wasn't anything criminal. So it's out of our hands. So fine. Bye. So I'm not mad at like American atheists about this, but the thing I, the reason I really wanted to ask you about this is I'm wondering like as a podcaster, as people who've been doing this for a while, who is in the community yep. of people, like if you're listening listening to or interested in an atheist podcast or YouTube channel or whatever, there's a handful of people who will come up in conversation. Um, how do you delineate between like, because we get some really nice emails from people. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you maintain like a boundary with anyone who might be like that? Again, I know the dynamics are totally different here and stuff. Of course they're different. But, like, I've had people kind of slip in my DMs, as the kids say, and, like, chit-chat with me, and that's fine. But why would I talk to strangers on the... Like, I like exchanging emails with people or talking to people on Facebook, but, like... I'm not trying to seek out strangers on the internet to like masturbate. Like, I just don't like, I don't even understand how he got to that point or like, how can you not be friends with a person without being it sexual? This is what's driving me crazy is because I have met people like this. I have met people who I end up striking a conversation up like over long term, but it's because I, like to talk to people let and me, like their opinions. Like, why do you? Why do men always have to make it sexual? Let why me rephrase the question creeps? because you listen to a bunch of podcasts where I'm sure some of the people who you listen to have probably had that happen as oh, well. Yeah. And I'm wondering because I just I don't remember hearing this from the podcasts I listen to. They're just not that type, but they would talk about this sort of thing. Okay, but I am wondering have have you heard that from other places? How they. I only hear about them when it Bad comes to happen. something like this. <laughs> I but I I know I have watched sort of parasocial relationships where like the person has kind of a relationship with the podcaster like they've met a couple times or they email back and forth and like that line blurs between like are we actually real friends or are we just sort of in this little community together? So I've seen those kinds of things happen and I can see how you can sort of get drawn into those things but i i guess i don't even i don't get it i'm just confused by everything all of the time like i have tons of guy friends who i text sometimes and it is never sexual because we're grown ass people who have better shit to do than flirt like it's 1997 what is this man doing? Like, what are you doing with your life that the only way you can feel powerful is by taking advantage of people who are quote unquote below you? Like, the ego of these people is astounding. Like, just because I, I have wonder- a podcast that people listen to, I think I am better than them. And therefore, they're my little like minions that I can like pull their strings and make them send me pictures of their boobies. Like, what the fuck is the problem with people? I'm done. No, that I don't, I just need, don't, I don't have anything like to you add to that. Like you asked, how do you, uh, like, I have gone out with our listeners and gotten 
drunkity drunk and no, nothing sexual <laughs> happened. Like, Christ, poor Isaac saw me get shit-faced in Montana. <laughs> it's an altitude thing, and I didn't eat very much that day. I was hungover for like five days. But, like, I have hung out with our listeners, and sometimes in places that it's, like, four of us. It just... What the fuck is wrong with him? I, like, it's not hard to not try to fuck people. I do it so often. <laughs> I'm almost constantly not fucking people. Some of us people. call that college, <laughs> right? No, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I think for some people when you have, like, again, atheist podcasting world, that's like the small little tiny sliver mm. that like four people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But I, it's what's weird to me is that people would take the time to write something nice or they admire the person behind the yeah. microphone or something. And that to them, to certain people, is like an opening like, oh, they like what we say on the podcast. I think I know what that means. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking a few months ago, somebody uh, messaged me on Facebook and was like, hi, I really liked what you said about this. And I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Whatever, yeah. dude. And he like, ex- we exchanged like three back and forths. And then he was like, are you by any chance X sign? And I was like, just didn't respond. Cause I was like, I don't, right. this is no longer a conversation. Like I, this is not a conversation I want to have with a stranger. You're a stranger to me. I'm sorry if that's rude, but you're a stranger to me. I have a question. How popular is opening arguments compared? I guess I'm trying to figure out how famous this guy is. Cause I'd never heard. I've heard of the podcast, never heard of the guy. I'm I don't like, know the answer. So I'm not going like, to try to do I'm, it. I'm trying to I don't gauge. know. What I would say is this is, Probably the case for any niche sort of anything, YouTube channel, podcast, where it doesn't matter what their subscriber base is. It doesn't matter how many people listen. Mm -hmm. If you're in a particular segment of people who like a certain thing and you're Mm -hmm. really into it, I'm like someone's into like uh, young adult novels and stuff. And if you're in that culture, the authors you like, the books you like, no one else has heard of them, but it doesn't matter because your little crowd yeah. and you find them mm-hmm. are totally into it. Yeah. So the answer is, I don't know how popular the show is yeah. and that's not to denigrate the show. No, I, yeah. um, but it doesn't matter because what I do know is that if you are looking for a podcast where they talk about atheism, mm-hmm. church state separation stuff, that is a name of a show that comes up routinely. And was and reputable. Andrew seemingly. himself is someone who comes up repeatedly. Um, I don't know him personally. I do know a lot of the people he has worked with. Does he have a one other co-host or is he opening uh, No, arguments? I think there's a few other. There's a couple podcasts and there are a couple of other co-hosts. One of the okay. podcasts, not opening arguments, um, one of the other shows said after this RNS story came out that they are going to sever all ties with him. Done. Mm. Um but one reaction to that is you have been aware of these rumors for a long time. I don't right. know. What the, I don't, I didn't follow that rabbit hole yet. Yeah. I, I know so little about like that whole thing. So I don't know what kind of reputation he has or like how he comes across on his, on his show. But like, dude, if you're going to trip over your dick at the level of kind of famous podcaster, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It is. Sad. It genuinely is quite sad. It is pathetic frankly like truly these men are continuing and obviously there's a woman who's accused but i'm gonna say by and large most of these perpetrators are men they ruin it for everybody like this dude couldn't keep it in his digital pants and now we all have to reckon with like oh cool somebody i respected is also a raging misogynist oh neat new surprise cool world 
one of the things besides the actual article that covered this stuff, which didn't cover everything because mm-hmm. no article ever does. Mm-hmm. There was one thing was reading like a Facebook post written by one of the women who spoke to the reporter about mm-hmm. this and who has the receipts of their texts and things like that. That's one kind of heartbreaking. Another one, however, is in the replies to people posting about this story, uh, whether no. it's on Twitter or Facebook, is the number of people who have that reaction you just talked about, which is I in this little niche that I live in, there are these handful of people I do admire who mm-hmm. I listen to who are part of our lives because we listen to them yeah. every week. And it sucks that I can't have this nice thing anymore yep. because this person had to do this thing. It really... That's genuinely what it feels like. A lot of shock, a lot of heartbreak from the people who are just commenting like, no, not my show. Like, I like this one. I mean, I think think people's relationships with podcasts is really different than almost any other kind of form of media because it does feel very personal. You're with this person alone in your car, right? Um, But... I don't know. I j- like. I know if like one of the we find out one of the McElroys like was all of a sudden a horrible predator. I would be heartbroken because I watch and consume a lot of their shit, and it would be miserable. It would be absolutely miserable. And and so- part of it is I don't even like. I don't know that one because yeah. I don't listen to that one. But that's the thing. It's like I don't even know who I would talk to about this because it's just so my little few- online community. Oh, that's like I just got <laughs> a um an interview scheduled with a podcaster I really like, and I've like told four people, and nobody knows who that is. And I'm like, oh. Oh, I'm really excited, I guess. So, <laughs> That's all that matters. Like, oh, it's an academic who specializes <laughs> in 19th century American history. That's like, all that matters. Not a rock star, actually. <laughs> There's a number of uh, academic writers who write research papers mm. about religion, atheism, church day separation stuff, and I see their names on these random papers. Don't talk about them to anyone because who's interested in that conversation right. if I'm ever out anywhere? But that's the thing. Like, if I talk to them via email or something, it's like, oh, my God, I'm I'm emailing with Dr. Mm-hmm. So-and-so. Super exciting for me. Yeah. And if I tell anybody about it, it's like, yeah, uh, shut up. No one cares. I'm Tri- like, I know. When I was in Houston for uh, to speak at um, a couple places down there, I had dinner with a bunch of people. And someone, I, like, sat down. And this girl was like, oh, my God, I'm sitting next to Jessica Bloomkey. And I genuinely went, <gasps> like, I was like, what? Like, oh, what? Why? <laughs> yeah. But tr- I, I, I might have talked about this on the show but like six months ago i stopped listening to the dollop which was my Mm. favorite podcast because i was realizing like i was no longer enjoying it like i feel like my opinion dave anthony has kind of shifted and i don't enjoy his work as much anymore and genuinely gang i talked to my therapist about it because (laughs) this is how I, i get big feelings about things and everybody's entitled to that. Everyone's entitled to feel big feelings about someone, even if you don't actually know them. Like, you're connected to these people in some weird cosmic creep way. But, um, but yeah, it, so I'm genuinely wanting to say, like, this is it's the victims. Obviously, they are the victims. Sorry, I phrased that terribly. But, like, people who are now losing something that they genuinely look forward to every week. And that fucking sucks. Yeah. Especially when there, it seems like there's so few options to begin with. Yeah. Does that feel too small? Maybe like, Oh, somebody lost their podcast, not the end of the world. To but other like, people. Yeah. But I mean, as, again, I don't care. I, I always enjoy listening to people who are, who can completely geek out over 
things I don't give right. two shits about. Because right. it's fun to watch other people get super passionate about something, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if I like it. Not everything has to be my thing. Well, that's it's a just... pretty new concept <laughs> in the world, Tenant. I totally get the idea of, hey, this thing in my little inner world... Mm. This happened. My favorite type of YouTube videos, I swear, are like the hour-long deep dives into those totally very niche anythings. And I'm like, I don't know anything about these very interested Care Bear fanatics, but I will watch someone tell me about all the drama in the... I don't know. I'm making this up, but like the Care Bear in Cinematic Universe or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, this animator did this thing at this con... Uh, at this conference, and it blew up everything. I'm like, who are any of you people? I don't care. Tell me more. (laughs) I mean, I probably watched 40 hours of, like, music theory YouTube (laughs) content by Howard Ho. I don't play (laughs) piano very well at all, but I'm like, I really need to learn chord structure, I guess. What was the... People sent us so many links to this, and I was like, I already beat you to it, everybody. But there was a that Hamilton, that church that did the Scamilton, the church that did the fake Hamilton play. Mm-hmm. When all that was happening, coincidentally, there was a YouTuber who did like Jenny something, and I'm forgetting her last name, but she did like an hour and a half YouTube video about another church in Canada that put on musicals. And that wasn't a Hamilton thing, and that wasn't a copyright issue. Uh-huh. She was just like, this church puts on these big elaborate musicals every year, and they're all, like, Jesified. And but it's, it's the same thing as Scamilton, that it's a real musical. That they okay. have found a way to change up to Neat. make more christian I mean, if they need a lyricist, <laughs> I am and on call. She talked about, like, 10 years' worth of their musicals with clips and it was a joy to watch. And I did. And they weren't doing anything illegal or wrong. That wasn't why oh. we were talking about it. She's just like, I don't think you all know that this church does Let's this. Let's do a deep dive. I know everything about these people. Let's just talk about it. I, mean, I appreciate the subcultures. And 100%. I completely understand getting devastated mm-hmm. if something in your subculture breaks down. Truly. <laughs> Especially when it's this niche. And for a lot of people who do not live in these blue states or blue dots and red states, mm. like they don't have the privilege of having people around them who agree with their opinions. And that's exhausting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry that this happened. I'll like, fuck that guy. I'm so sorry this happened. Yeah. Frustrating. Very frustrating. Let's talk about Montana. We don't talk about Montana. Enough. I used to live in Montana. Have I, I ever know. told you I that? I was very <laughs> excited. You tell me every day about every, twice an hour. I do try to bring up that I lived in Montana f- as often as possible. Have I told you that Mitt Romney and I are close personal friends? You said it twice on the show. <laughs> um, this has two parts to it. Part yep. one is that there was a... In Montana, I guess, if you are a legislator and you want to propose a bill, you have to like go through drafters who make it like legally written the right way, and then it comes up for debate, votes, whatever. I've been to Helena, you know. uh, There is a draft (laughs) bill in Montana, not yet on the floor, but it will be considered, and it was proposed, it's sponsored by a first-term Republican state senator, Mm. Daniel Emrick, and here's what it says. It would basically require science classes to teach scientific fact and nothing else. You can't teach anything in a science classroom that is not a scientific fact. That feels purposefully vague. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes Wait, on to... Is this I'll, a I'll pro or anti-creation thing? I know it's one. What's weird is there's no mention of creationism, per se. Okay. I'm confused and you're not telling me enough fast enough. Sure. 
So here's the bill. Okay. What the bill basically says is since whereas a scientific fact is observable and repeatable. Um, That's correct. We And the purpose of K-12 education is to educate children in facts. Okay. Therefore, uh, basically, all schools must... Where's the exact wording here? Science instruction may not include subject matter that is not scientific fact. That's the main part of this bill. Oh, which means No, I mean, that's part of it, I'm sure. But I mean, the theory of evolution then... Which is a theory, even though it's supported by mounds and mounds of evidence. Oh, these are people that don't know the, what the word fact means. I forget Correct. that those people exist sometimes. I mean, and they're anti-trans and they're creationists, but also, but yes, they they're also super dumb. targeting one or the other of no, those? No, they don't say it. They don't specifically but, say but it. But do we know? Like, wink, do we know? That's wink. part two of the story. Oh, okay. Um, part wink. one is still the, you can't teach anything. It's not, what about the theory of gravity? What about the theory yeah, of evolution? I guess I thought... Everything is a theory because in science, a theory is something that does explain everything, but could be countered if new evidence came to light and mm-hmm. contradicted it. Like, if I Google for like 45 minutes, I can probably disprove evolution, right? Oh, totally. That's all it takes. That's what you do at the Creation sure, Museum. Sure, and then I send it out They don't have line. exhibits. Um, but as, as I've heard it, said in other places this didn't originate from me scientific theories don't become facts they explain facts and to say otherwise suggests a complete misunderstanding of the subject Wait, science are you is saying full that he doesn't understand science doesn't understand many things science right. is all about theories that have withstood the test of time right the theories get better and stronger Mm -hmm. until maybe if we find out something new, we discard it. That's the history of science. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean like because we are calling it a theory, it's crap, it's hypothetical, it's quote-unquote theoretical. Mm. No, this is stuff that is backed by evidence. So the, I mean, the National Science Teaching Association, to name one group, says the primary goal of science is the formation of theories. Theories do not become laws even with additional evidence. That's not how it works. Right. Um, the National Center for Science Education says this draft legislation would fly in the face of the state's own science standards, huh. which say uh, the only two theories described as such as theories are the Big Bang Theory and the theory of plate tectonics. Like, those are things you would not be able to teach in a science classroom if this bill passed... Oh, so if we don't believe in plate tectonics, we <laughs> cannot talk about like in Montana near drift. mountains. Um, literally on a like a whatever divide, a, a continental divide, like goes yeah. straight through fucking Montana. Like <laughs> it was carved out by glaciers in the Ice Ages, yeah. gang. None of that would you couldn't teach any of it. And, and so you I, just had to be so like, aren't answer, mountains pretty? The question you asked earlier is: This guy doing this because he's anti-trans? Is it because he's a creationist? The answer is: I don't know what his deal is because he didn't specify that he was doing this in response to something. Did you do like? So I did my little research. Like, who God. is this guy? Uh-huh. And here's where part two is where. Okay, first term state senator, Republican. Is he like twenty four? Um, you know he's young, but I can't. He's not that young. Okay. Um, but I was like, there's got to be stuff on this guy. He won an election. Sure. Like he must have campaigned. There, he must or have campaigned. Set an opinion. There must be an archived campaign page. He must have a Facebook page. Where does he, he represent? Montana, some place. I okay, don't. Okay. Well, you, you have think, to tell me. No, I didn't care because I didn't think I was going to okay, be talking about that up. with you. But 
Um, here's the amazing thing. Motherfuckers from this guy's internet footprint is virtually non-existent. Really? It's so weird. Like there was a campaign page. It doesn't exist anymore. The Facebook page hasn't even like been updated since he won the damn election. And even before then, it had like three things and they were all mostly meaningless. Here's what I did find on his like personal Facebook page. Uh, he believes vaccines are like a crime against humanity. Obviously. That elections are so they give him ouchies. Mm-hmm. Dinesh D'Souza is a voice of reason in Fuck his world. I did find that on his Facebook bio, he said he's Christian and proud of it. Oh. Which, that tracks. Um, but also, this was interesting. Um, we had a Congress member, U.S. Congress member, not far from where we live, who lost his daughter last year in a kind of a sudden tragedy. She had a mental—not uh, a mental. She had a like physical breakdown, unexpected. Oh, it was sudden, no. really sad. Right before the election, too, the guy took off Shit. from campaigning for a month. This guy in Montana blamed the vaccine. With no evidence, with just out of nowhere. Have we talked about this already? All we have su- not. Okay, not this particularly, but like, why is all of a sudden everyone doing the fake oh, vaccines? Give Damar me the Hamlin. Like, oh, that was the- yeah. Like, we all got they just the vaccines. An, like, they just a need year, a new conspiracy year, to work. Two years from. ago now. Yeah, yeah, they just need a new thing. They got bored of the old conspiracies, so that's they moved on to funny. that one. Yeah. But Hell that's a shake. That was a joke I was going to make, but I couldn't think of that word. But that's the weird thing. Like, this guy doesn't. Seem to exist online before. I'm sure he does, but I couldn't find it with a quick search. But I was <laughs> yeah, shocked. Yeah, he has no I, footprint. I was just shocked how little there was about this guy. Because, again, the thing I was actually looking for is, like, I'm sure on Facebook he said, I just introduced this bill, or I'm about to introduce this bill, and here's why I'm doing it. Nothing of the sort. Nowhere. And then I couldn't even <laughs> figure out anything about the guy. And I'm like, I'm shocked by how little there is for a guy who won a Senate race and unseated an incumbent. I genuinely am Googling Montana Senator Daniel Emmerich and can't find like a page of his. Yeah, what I the found fuck? a bunch of pages that said the election results. Yeah. And that's about it. Like, so weird. So weird. So weird. But that guy so got elected. To look into this. And, and now he's using it to ruin science Do you class. think he's like a hologram or something like that? Be. Or a clone? Oh, and then oh. I went on, like, YouTube. I'm like, maybe he has some videos on there. Nope. Nothing. Dude, I cannot find him. I just Googled <laughs> Montana Sen or Dental you- Emmerich, and it says there are not any matches for your search. <laughs> Is this man a ghost? Maybe. Like, if you run for city council in a random suburb anywhere in the country, there's going to be an internet footprint on you. And yet this guy, state senator, nothing. It was what so weird. What is going on? Anyway. I'm so confused. And then that became the new... <laughs> that be, the story that I wanted to write about right. was uh, about the Montana anti-science bill. But now the only thing I'm obsessed with is how Who this guy is escaped to the internet for this long. I can't find a picture. This is <laughs> blowing my mind. I know. I'm telling you. That's that's a little side tangent that I'm just like, wh- where, how is this This is guy? all I'm Nothing. doing for the rest of the I show. Know. You're going to have to talk to yourself. That took me half the week. Okay, I'm going to move on to one last story here uh, that happened last week. We, I don't think we got to really discuss it. Okay. Matt Staver is the attorney who runs the hate group Liberty Council. Longtime anti-gay group in the name of Jesus. Cool. All that stuff. Um, usually when they say, when they talk about gay parents... 
They're against gay couples adopting. They're against gay couples marrying. I'm used to those talking points. I know their bigotry. None of that surprises me. He said something last week that really did surprise me because he said, if you are at a Christian school, he said Christian schools should basically expel any kid who has gay parents, even if the kid is straight Jeez. and Christian. And what's the reason, do you think, that he said we need to... gay people and want to punish everybody who's ever touched a gay person. I mean, I'm sure they do, but that's not the reason. Might be one. Might be one, but that's not the reason. Okay. He said, if I were running the school, I would not allow that student to come into the school that is from a same-sex household. But why? And the why, I'll give you a second. Okay. He said... I don't want those kids in the school. Because? Be, and I'm going to oh, paraphrase. Wait, wait, okay, wait, wait, I'm going to yes. guess, I'm going to guess. Can I, can I make yeah. three guesses? Um, something about HIV AIDS. Nope. No? Okay. Something about sexual molestation or surviving that. No. Okay. Um, they think all gay people are pedophiles, so they I mean, don't they want them do. to access the school. Those are my three guesses. Not a bad guess, no. Oh, okay. Um, well, he I gave said, him more ideas, I guess. I'm going to paraphrase what he said because it took him a while to get to the point here. What he said is if you let a perfectly fine child who has gay parents into the school, other kids are going to be friends with that child, and they're going to think there's nothing wrong with gay parents. It's a real disservice to put those other kids in the situation where they can become very confused and what they experience at that level can be life-changing for the rest of their lives. That's like putting kids in a viper pit, he said, unquote. So I would not do anything that jeopardizes the care and the responsibility you have to protect those kids uh, and put them in a proper biblical environment that is free of undue influences. Oh, definitely nothing bad has ever happened in a church nothing. or a Catholic school. So again, just to paraphrase, conservative Christians have spent decades demonizing LGBTQ people. They have lost that battle by and large because mm-hmm. uh, more people have become wise to the fact that all the sky is falling rhetoric that we heard when gay marriage was an issue and, and beyond that, everyone's like, Oh, no, I know gay people, and they're totally fine. Like, all of the stuff you said about them is a lie. And now he's like, oh, no, we've lost. Well, let's go after gay parents' kids, because if people realize they're well-adjusted and perfectly fine people, Mm. that'll confuse them into thinking gay people are fine, and Mm -hmm. that goes against everything Christians like Matt Staver support. Well, that's neat of them. I'm glad there's mm-hmm. nothing else bad going on that they have this to a, worry about. This is a guy who has spent so many years now trying to spread rumors, harmful rumors, lies about LGBTQ people. And basic, and he's the guy who defended uh, Kim Davis in Kentucky. Love Remember her? That. Like all of that. That's what this guy does. And he's lost because everyone realizes he's full of it. And now he's just trying a different tactic. Like, don't let your kids around anyone who might be close to a gay person. (sighs) Truly. Um, I didn't even have this to talk about because I didn't want to give it more air. But there was one of those Christian hate preachers that has a small audience at church, but has a larger audience online, which is the point. But he said something similar, like very anti-gay. But the thing he was going after is that he was actually mad at Donald Trump because during the Trump administration, the Food and Drug Administration said, hey, look, we're in a crisis here with COVID. People might need blood. Let's make... uh, One of the things they do with blood donations is they say if you're a man who's had sex with another man over the past year, Mm. you cannot donate. Basically, Mm. gay people can't donate blood. It's pretty fucked. And there's no... 
safety reason against it because they do screen the blood that they take in. And if you're a, let me use the word promiscuous, straight person, Mm -hmm. that's fine. You can donate blood without a problem. But if you're a monogamous gay guy, you cannot. That's the problem with it. Because it's icky. Because it's icky, right. And so they changed it from 12 months to three months during the Trump administration. Trump had nothing to do with that. And he quickly said, well, I had nothing to do with that. And by the way, just this week, the FDA said, you know what? We don't need the three-month ban either. If you're gay, you could donate blood because we're going to screen it. We have the tools to do it. And Wait, has that been rescinded? uh, They're proposing it, and it's in the process of happening. Why is that taking so long? But the thing is, the whole thing of... We have to protect the blood supply because of safety reasons. It's so ludicrous on its face. But again, this is another case of everything's fine. They can donate blood. They will test the blood and they're not going to put it in the supply. Yeah, they're going to test it anyway. But these guys guys who are not interested in safety or they're not interested in facts, they're interested in demonizing gay people, they will always find a reason to do it even when the facts don't conform to whatever their bigoted views are. Mm -hmm. So Matt Staver doesn't want people around gay uh, kids of gay parents. That other guy doesn't. That guy, I love that the other guy's blaming Trump because I mean, the FDA said, you know what? We could test the blood. We're fine. <laughs> so we blame Trump for it's it. It's so fun to watch people in fight when it's this ludicrous. Like, uh, it's such a dumb argument to want to win. <laughs> like, oh, wow, you're so brave. You really hate gay people more than the other person. Congrats, Bob. Man. Fucking Wild Bob. stuff. I think I'm done this week. Really? Man, it's... That's a short episode, I think. It's a stressful week this week. It's all good. It was a terrible week this week. Honestly, what the fuck has been going on? I know. I hope all of your weeks are better. Yeah, I, truly. I think Hammond and I might have taken all the suck out <laughs> for the rest of the world. Um, I only have a couple things to talk about in the bonus episode. Oh, I got one. I've oh, you sick. do? I'm so excited to talk to you about piece it. piece of media that you consumed? Uh-huh. I'm very... Will you tell me? Last of Us. It's on my list. You only have two things on your list, and that's one of four things on my list. I have the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I finished last Friday or last Thursday, and completely forgot to bring it up on the show. Um, It's a novel. It was outstanding. I want to talk a lot about it. Okay. Last of Us episode three. Yes. Yes, we'll talk. Um, I want to now talk about our YouTube rabbit holes that we go on when uh, when we're hating ourselves. Yes. And I also want to talk about the um, series that Ross and Carrie are doing on Ono Ross and Carrie about the Ark Encounter because it has been a <laughs> blast to listen to. All right. We'll talk about that in the bonus. All right. Where can we find you on the internet? I Hemet? am at Hemet Meta on Twitter for some reason still. Uh, <laughs> this is a thing. I'm starting to do a lot more writing on my Substack. So that's friendlyatheist.substack.com. If any of you are interested, you could do that for free. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a paid option, though. You're always welcome to do that. Friendlyatheist.substack.com. Testing it out. We'll see how it goes. Cool. That's and, exciting. And uh, go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast to support this show. Where do we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jess Blimke, or you can always find us um, on our Facebook group, because I'm, I'm also about to boot somebody off, because he's being a dick to me, oh, and I'm no. not going to take that. Um, yeah, join us there. It's usually a lot of fun. Um, you can find, uh, you can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com if you have questions or concerned or want to explain specifically why you don't like me personally. <laughs> and then, of course, Hemant, you don't can tell always... Jessica if you hate her specifically. And also, don't message either of us if you really, really like us. I mean, you can 
do that. That's I Apparently, think you, I think you sort everyone's. of misunderstood <laughs> where I went. Listen, if you have any interest in a podcaster, just just shut up. Don't no, don't tell no, him. No, 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 no. Don't tell him. <laughs> I like to hear from y'all. It makes me happy, especially when people are like, oh, I learned more about feminism or you changed my point of view on something. I really enjoy that. It makes me happy. However, if you send me something nice, it'll make me mad, I'm sure. It won't make him mad. He's just being an asshole. Uh, you can always leave us a review on iTunes. Um, People did send some very nice messages this week, and I appreciate it. Oh, good. Did I see them? Uh, I thought you did. Oh, I will double check. Maybe I'll double check. Okay. Uh, you can leave a review. I iTunes. I instinctively <laughs> forget to pass on good news exactly. to you. So. Although once in a while, some, one of my favorite cute little things Hammett does is if it's something nice, he will respond to the email and CC my personal email address. Like I have BCC access. BCC it. BCC yeah. it. I have access to the Friendly Ideas podcast email, but I don't use it very much. Right. So maybe once, twice a month, I'll just skim through and see what I missed. Like, <laughs> And just once in a while, I will find like this diatribe, like anti-just diatribe that Hemant just didn't respond to, didn't pass on to me. He's like, I was just going to ignore it, Jess, but I obviously can't do that. I have to seek out things like that. Leave us a review on iTunes. More singing, please. This is five stars from Merwin P. Pepperbar. Parperbar. You, you submitted that yourself. <laughs> I wish I thought of Merwin P. Parperbar. Uh, I love the show, but what it really needs is more singing. I don't suppose Hemant could be convinced to no. sing a duet no. with Jessica next time, could no. he? Can you sing? Like, I'm not asking you to sing. Can I you can sing? I can sing. I can act. I can do it. All and I will never do any of it. Our vaudeville show is going to be excellent. <laughs> it's going to be so great. All right. Can we'll I tell s- you my favorite thing? I work with kids, public speaking, uh-huh. and all that stuff. And, and you we hate have big competition. No, they're wonderful kids, but that requires me saying, no, I want you to do it this way. Mm-hmm. So then you see me acting out the pieces that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, when they're not making fun of me, mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, oh, I see what you're trying to do there. Wait, you can do that sort of thing? Yes, they're called human emotions. I can fake them if I need to. And they're shocked by this. That's truly like once in a while, a parent will see me out riding and like grab me back because I will ride outside on the property sometimes. And just once in a while, someone will just like grab me like, you are a beautiful rider. It is a joy to watch you. And it's so earnest that it obviously makes me uncomfortable, but it's such a good compliment of nice. just like, like last week, this woman looks at me and she goes, if somebody teaches me how to ride a horse, I want it to be you. And I was like, I don't know. I yell at people a lot. It's a very specific compliment. Well, I've only made two people cry in my classes so far. Well, nice. one person twice. <laughs> All right. Bonus episode. Here okay, we come. Bye. Bye.